0: if i can mash enough buttons to get in anybody can that's i i really think that.
1: <laughs> i'm kind of just throwing it out because it was cleveland and right <laughs> <You know. laughs> Same. think alshon jeffrey
0: your man has opted out again this year but it's, he's just calling it a foot injury just like normal so it's that's just <laughs> right. what alshon
2: <laughs>
0: good morning good evening good afternoon here we are with a special edition of the Bowl fantasy impact today podcast i am wes Easley, your host here at the fantasy impact today network you can find me on twitter at loafin it there's like always nothing has changed there but today i am also joined by a twitter friend of mine that we've met somewhere in the Twitterverse. He is a self-proclaimed Broncos expert. You can find his articles and podcast appearances all over the place. Just look at his Twitter
2: handle, which is at ain't done yet. Did I say that right, Jacob? You sure did. Ain't done yet. And done is spelled like my last name, D-U-N-N-E. Yeah, yeah. I'm a self-proclaimed Broncos expert, and I also do fantasy football and other sports like that. But we're not here to talk about those other sports. It's all about football today. It's all about the Ras Bowl today. That's what we're That's trying right. to talk about. Uh, we
0: might mix a little other sports in there because we finally have other sports to talk about. Uh, now, now, Jacob, that Dunn name that that has a little Irish origin to it, does it not? Do you know?
2: It definitely does. Actually, it was uh, it was originally spelled D-U-N-N, but apparently my ancestors wanted to revolt against all of the Irish, you know, whoever's in charge of the Irish over there, and they <laughs> added an E and they left. So. uh here I am.
0: <laughs> it's good to have you on the show, Jacob. Thank you so much. That's my best Irish accent. Absolutely, brother. Thank you. I loved it. That's probably my French accent as well. So, <laughs> and, and, and last but not least, it is my privilege to have on the show donkey teeth. I, I, I don't know how to build you up. I gave Jacob this big introduction. I suppose I could say that you are the editor at Razz Bowl, founder of the Raz Slam and the Razz Bowl, and host of the Raz Ball Fantasy Baseball and Football Podcast. But your name just really distracts me, DT.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I actually, I have some uh, Irish ancestry as well. And sa- yes. same as Jacob. Yeah, they you know they uh, there must have been something going on over in Ireland because they I think they they took a letter out of my last name too it was my actual last name is not teeth don't tell anybody it's <laughs> Faye and it was Fehi so uh, yeah there must have been a big falling out between them. I mean I guess wow. when you mix that much whiskey in there's going to be some arguments <laughs> between families
2: right Oh my goodness
0: I, I think the Irish had some arguments every once in a while. One one of the things I noticed, though, on your Twitter description, and you can find Donkey Teeth, at Donkey Teeth on Twitter, is that you were a a yoga instructor. Is that true, or are you just putting that on there?
1: No, that one's actually true, yeah. uh, uh, I actually just got done teaching a class. (laughs) Gray thought uh, it would be funny if I threw it up there, because, you know, my name is Donkey Teeth, and I got all this fantasy sports stuff, and I'm also a yoga instructor. So yeah, I'm a jack-of-all-trades there, Wes.
0: Now, is there a donkey position in yoga, or because I know they got the dog and and stuff like that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know a lot about, but is, do they have a donkey position? Yeah, I don't think there is. You, you know, I, there's a horse, so that's pretty close. Well, you revolutionize a lot of these fantasy sports and the articles, and, and you do a great job. Been a fan of yours for a long time, so maybe you can revolutionize the yoga positioning as well, and and have some kind of donkey position. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Fizz and donkey, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, DT, we have you on here because both of us have been a part of the Razz Bowl. We were accepted to the Razz Bowl. Uh, What exactly is the Razz Bowl?
1: Yeah, first off, did you guys play last year? I don't remember.
2: No, no, no. I Uh, didn't play last year. I saw that last year was its first year, right? Yeah, so last year was the inaugural season.
1: You look at the Scott Fish Bowl, and... There's just so much interest in it and so many people that get left out, even industry people, that I decided last year that there is a need for another contest. And I wanted to find a niche that wasn't demanding. as You know, all of us creating content and writing and podcasting and stuff, I personally have like 18 fantasy teams every year. Plus, we've got baseball going on, too. I know you guys are into baseball as well. So I wanted to create something that didn't take a lot of in-season maintenance, but also was competitive past the point of just best ball. So it is a best ball contest, but what we did, we added a little bit of fab. So you get $10 free agent budget. The idea behind this is not to you know, decide the winner based on your free agent pickups, but just give you uh, a little bit of wiggle room to get rid of these dead roster spots that tend to happen in best ball. You know, people are gonna get injured, especially this year. This year's gonna be crazy and we can talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit more. But just let you rotate out some of those dead roster spots that you get. Uh, you don't have to use it and Mike Beers have wrote of his one last year. I've said this on a bunch of different shows. He didn't spend any of his budget. He remembered week ten that we've got it. You you can use it through week nine and then it's it's gone if you haven't if you haven't used it by then, the playoffs start in week ten. So it's a better ball format I'm not sure anybody else is playing better ball out there, but that's what makes it better ball is this little bit of fab added onto best ball. As a lot of people aren't even familiar with best ball out there in the fantasy football world. It's it's relatively new, I guess, within the mm-hmm. past five, ten years. But mm-hmm. so the first nine weeks of this this contest are best ball. The computer's gonna set your lineups for you. It's a 20-man roster, no kickers, no defense. Pretty deep rosters. We got two flex spots. It's one quarterback. It's full PPR. Then once you get through week nine, the Fab ends. There's going to be Fab every week. You can you can ten dollars. You have to bid one dollar. So there's no dollar bid. So your maximum you're going to get is ten pickups. You can use it all at once and just have one pickup. That's uh, each competitor's choice. After week nine, the top three teams in each league are going to advance to a championship bracket, the Bowl Championship Bracket. The next three teams, four through six in each league, are going to advance to a wildcard bracket. Mm. And then the bottom six teams in each league are done. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You did Nothing lost. You didn't have to set a lineup for any of those weeks. And uh, from there on, you carry your week one through nine score as a weighted average into the playoffs. And that's weighted. Playoffs start with week uh, 10, 11, 12 is the first round. And it's your score for week 10, 11, 12, plus your average from weeks one through nine and there's a cut line and the National Fantasy Football Championship created this format without the better ball aspect where each round a certain number passed through the cut line and the rest will kick down to the wild card bracket. And same thing in the wild card bracket, just a small percentage of that wild card bracket will get to move up into the championship bracket. And then the rest that don't. There, a portion of them will stay in the wildcard bracket, and then a bunch of them will be eliminated from the contest. And it goes on like that until week 16. There'll be 10 teams left in the championship bracket, one winner. There's a sweet trophy. And I think that covers anything. You guys got any other questions? Because I know that's a mouthful and probably really confusing for people. But there, <laughs> there's a link to the rules I can share with you guys. Sent it out today. Yeah.
0: Uh, the only thing more confusing to me than your explanation and you did a great job explaining it, I'm a terrible listener would be <laughs> trying to read those rules at the same time I, I just it, it yeah. listen it's best ball in my head I have an option to go out there and and change the Chris Herndons of the world like I took a flyer on last year in every breast ball league I think that I had mm-hmm. so i can I can drop that one because my I took. I think in one league I took a Chris Herndon. I took a Gronkowski, and then I took some other tight end that got hurt, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a dead man walking now." So, so I <laughs> like that option. I really a better ball. I like how you said that a better ball league yeah. where you can change out some of those dead spots. That's great. And yeah, it is PPR. I'm, you said PPR, so that's. I did.
2: Okay, I am a fan that you have a little fab that goes into it because it's really easy. At least for me, I did best ball for the first time last year, and. I honestly didn't look at my lineup the whole entire year because it's like, why do I need to, you know? So if there is some fab, that's going to make me active in this league. So I'm going to be like, okay, who's a hot free agent that I want to, that I want to put a dollar on or $2 on. Right. So it's not just like a set it and forget it. You'll actually have to pay attention the whole year if you want to have the best lineup possible. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know one thing that I I think I did neglect in that whole long uh, tangent uh, rambling uh, <laughs> on there, week ten when the playoffs start, then you set set your lineup, you start setting your own lineup, so oh, that's okay. a pretty big wrinkle. And um, we had Mike Beers on our Razzball Fantasy Football podcast last week, the defending champion, and he talked about this uh, this because you know he's a huge baseball player, and he really gets into the weeds with the data. But also his his strategy coming in here was tight end heavy, actually. He really wanted to get one of those top tight ends because come week 10, when you have to set that lineup, he didn't want to have to, you know, it's nice having three tight ends in, in best ball and probably you're going to hit on one in those first nine weeks. But come week 10, when you have to set the lineup, it's going to be really nice to have a, a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle to sure. just lock in there. So that was another mm-hmm. another little aspect that I think I neglected.
2: No, no. Yeah. And it being a PPR league, that puts tight end even more valuable. So, you know, I can definitely see that strategy panning out for him.
0: All right. Now, now that we have all of the rules out of the way. And yes, this is my first time joining uh, the Razz Bowl as well. I I didn't I don't even know how I joined this time. I think I saw a, a tweet and I just followed the links and I, I got <laughs> on there. I'm I'm not technologically in, insufficient. I, I I know what I'm doing when I start mashing buttons, and I just keep mashing buttons until I get there. And so I, I got in there somehow. You guys have been great with support. You have been great keeping me up to date on the things that I need to do next. So so far, a fantastic job. I, I
1: applaud the efforts, and I applaud. The the RAS bowl so far. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, a big part of the battle, Wes, is getting people into this contest. And now that the leagues are released and the draft orders have been set, and it's the day before, I get all these emails coming in like, "Wait, I'm not in it." You know, uh, I didn't click the thing to join. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know how to help. And then I got like fans. We do a fan lottery because I didn't mention this, but it's three analysts to one fan. We give mm. uh, a few lucky fans a chance to compete. Do a fan lottery, and I go on Twitter to send these people messages. They don't follow me, and they have their DMs closed, and I can't get in touch with them. So it's it's really hurting cats here. Right. Uh,
0: it, 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 no, great job. And if I can mash enough buttons to get in, anybody can. That's I I really think that. Now, Jacob, you are drafting in our in our league. We both are in the same league this year. We just ended up being that way. You are drafting eighth in the draft, which can be a little bit tricky. Right. Now I'm I'm drafting fourth. So in a mm. PPR league, that is not hard at all who I'm going to draft. Michael Thomas is who I'm drafting. Mm. If he falls to me that far, or at least that's what I thought I would do until I checked out DT's rankings over at Rasball. Mm. You have a bunch of running backs ranked ahead of Michael Thomas.
1: I, I, am I reading that right? Why Why are you
0: thinking that instead of Michael Thomas?
1: Yeah, you know, especially in this um, Ras Ball format, I will lean heavily to running back in the first round. I got pick 5, so you know, it, it, I actually funny story, we had the the draft order randomization this morning and it came out and I had pick 12 and mm-hmm. then there was a little bit of drama. It got run again, like right away. <laughs> Something happened over there on the platform. Uh, it wasn't me. I swear. Yeah, no, there's a, cons- <laughs> a <thong-teeth> conspiracy now. <laughs> I would have preferred 12 because I got moved up to fifth and now it's like, I'm going to have to reach for one of these guys. Cause while I have, I have Eckler and Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake ranked there at five, six, seven, mm. um, you can usually land them at the end of the frame. Maybe not Miles Sanders, who's probably who I'm going to take at number five is my guess. And, Maybe Eckler makes it back. Hmm. Um, There's there's a few reasons for uh, these outlandish rankings, you might call them, that I have. Um, You know, especially in a Bull format or a Scott Fishbowl, it's so much easier to find wide receivers on Mm -hmm. the wire in season. I mean, there's going to be nothing on our on our Rasbol waiver wire last year. You could have come into Mostert uh, at some point, and he he may have done you well depending on where you were, if you made the playoffs. Um, DJ Chark was out there in some leagues, not even every league. It was pretty, it was pretty barren. Like mm. John Ross was a big pickup, and then he got hurt. I landed Will Disley, he got hurt. So like even, even you, you get a guy, you end up losing him. Um, so part of my philosophy is it's much easier to land a wide receiver in free agency. And these running backs are, in my opinion, it's just a big tier drop off. And I, I know a lot of people don't have Austin Eckler as high. And, you know, Kenyon Drake has been a, a riser here in mm-hmm. early draft season. So I actually, this ranking looked pretty ridiculous when I put it out. And the market has kind of... I'm surprised that the market's caught up. I didn't think Kenyon Drake would end up being a first rounder. But that's kind of my philosophy. I'm fading wide receivers. There's a lot of wide receivers I like. And I'm okay not taking Michael... Nothing against Michael Thomas. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong taking Michael right. Thomas. It's just... This is just a reflection of how I like to build my rosters is all, Wes. No, no, and, and you moved the market. That's why the market moved. You yeah, moved definitely. the market, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: so if Jacob, if you're not living in a donkey world and <laughs> Michael Thomas drops to you at eight, I am sure you are, you're going to take him there. But since maybe he's going to be gone off the board, maybe there's a guy still eyeballing him at number four, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that may be me. But, if you're at number eight, you might who who are you looking at there? Are you looking at running back? Are you looking at wide receiver? You know, you got DeAndre Hopkins maybe there? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're thinking of a running back who's going to catch a lot of passes thrown his way. What right. are you gonna do, Jake?
2: You know, i agree, I agree with Donkey teeth over here in that running backs are so barren this year, and there's so few that actually do it all that you may just have to reach and spend in the first two rounds to get your running backs and not have to worry about it because in season, it's like, it's just you have to rely on an injury or something for a running back to get a bunch of touches. There's only a few guys who are guaranteed like 15 to 20 touches. So I see his argument and there and it's a wide receiver rich draft this year. So, you know, pick eight comes to me. I'm hoping that Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders, like you said, or Kenyon Drake falls to me because I need that running back to build off my team because even it. I would be very tempted to get a Michael Thomas, but those running backs are so rare that just do it all. That I don't think. I think I'll wait on a wide receiver till like the third, third to fourth round, maybe, um, and just try to stack as many running backs as I can before I reach into those wide receivers. Now, I may get a tight end if like a tight end falls in like the third round or so. Um, you know, it all depends on value, but. I think donkey teeth has a good point in that you need to stack up on those running backs before it just completely dries up. Yeah, well, that's what
0: I was going to ask you. Uh, at the turn there, at the beginning of round two for you, you'll still be drafting somewhat close there. And would you complement a running back that you took or a wide receiver that you took with the opposite, but you're going to go running back heavy? I don't think that's, that's wrong to do. And the easiest years I have in fantasy is whenever I go running back heavy every single year.
2: Right, and just find a wide receiver somewhere down the line. Coming back, I'll probably I'll probably be looking for like a Josh Jacobs. I think it's a good chance that he does come back to me in the second round. He's probably as safe as they come, in my opinion. Like he is just guaranteed 250 plus touches. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking to stack running backs as well.
0: All right, so then I'm at the end of round two. I will have to be judging this draft at the end uh, of this at this point to be able to see what everybody else is doing and what do I need to do. But DT, do I need to be thinking about a tight end here at this position? I mean, George Kittle is going to be tearing it up at the beginning of the year because there are no other offensive weapons maybe in San Francisco if most Start decides to hold out. So there's no wide receivers to go to. Or is tight end so deep this year that there isn't as much separation in tight end points? And so I just need to keep concentrating on running backs at that point at the end of round two.
1: You know, I think you could look at it either way. It seems like every year, we come in saying tight ends really deep and then you've got, you know, OJ Howard being OJ Howard and Hunter Henry getting hurt again. I mean, it's, there's a difference, you know, between the top ones and the other ones. I'm kind of debating the same thing here, Wes, At, at pick five on the way back. If, if, Kittle or Kelsey still there. Am I going to pull the trigger over my guy Eckler who I've got ranked up at number mm-hmm. five? I don't think I can. You know, I've got Eckler's kind of my guy here. It's full point PPR. I really believe in right. in Eckler as a bell cow, which most people don't seem to, maybe not full-out bell cow, but I think he's really going to carry the load there. Mm. Um, I don't people are afraid there's going to be this drop off because Philip Rivers is, you know, the, the master dump off artist. <laughs> I, I I really don't don't see that happening. I think Eckler is, is a really special player. I think he's going to put up first round numbers pretty easily in PPR, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on tight end over him. But if he somebody you know is looking at my rankings in my league or something and and snags him before he gets back to me, then then I think there's a good chance that I do take them. Uh, the other thing that that comes across my mind is I'm a huge Darren Waller fan, and I I think Darren Waller i mean very good chance he's going to be there in the third he might even make it to the fourth even he fell really late in some of those scott fishbowl drafts uh, mm-hmm. and that's tight end premium so you can mm-hmm. land waller depending on what your league thinks of him really late so i want to get one of the top ones i want to get waller but you do risk just totally missing out and then having to play the volume and and hope that you hit i did that last year i think we who did you mention mention off the top there Heard as your it. Gronk. it last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I grabbed Burton and Hawkinson and mm-hmm. Burton was just a totally lost season. Yeah. Hawk looked great early and he got hurt. Then I landed Will Disley and he got hurt. And so it's just, it's really yeah. a tough hold to, to fill.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love looking at Blake Jarwin late in the
0: draft for a tight end position that if he gets all the, the touches, if he gets all the receptions, if he gets all the Witten's Wins targets. It's Blake Jarwin's going to have a great year, a very athletic tight end and just really can tear it up this season. I am completely out though on Austin Eckler. And the main reason why is Tyrod Taylor. It's not because Rivers left. It's just because simply Tyrod Taylor looked really bad in Cleveland. I know I know what he was in Buffalo. I traded for him in Buffalo. I loved him as a Buffalo Bill, but but in Cleveland he just looked really bad and I don't know how time
1: away from actual snaps in a game is going to help that at all. He did he did look bad in Cleveland and I'm kind of just throwing it out cuz it was Cleveland and right. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Same. Who's, who's gonna perform well in Cleveland but what how many games did he have before they went to to Mayfield was it because he got banged up um I want to say it was like what five games into the yeah, season he got hurt, it, yeah, you know, yeah three or four yeah, yeah was it that yeah so I don't know I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it you could be right but even if he's horrible I think Eckler still gets his work. You know, I, I just am gonna be really surprised if he doesn't put up at least second-round value. Which, you know, if you spend a first-round pick on a running back and you get second-round value, that's that's pretty solid still. And and if he's safe. that bad, Herbert's probably gonna come in and, and lean on Eckler too. I don't know. You you could be right, Wes. I just I, that's not yeah. not the way that I see it. And that's that's the great thing about fantasy football is we
0: all have an opinion about things. We won't know who's right or who's wrong until the end of the season. And when we do, we'll be sure to remind each other of the decisions (laughs) we made. That's a great first couple of rounds. How about all these players opting out, though, this year? of the NFL. As of right now, we have some, I think almost all the New England Patriots defensive players are opting out at this point, (laughs) which Bill Belichick may have an evil plot to be able to have the number one draft pick next year. I don't know Mm. what Bill Belichick's doing, but I'm not counting him out of anything as of right now. He has a plan and we know that. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't opt out, but looking at it from where we're sitting right now, uh, Jacob, are you leaning towards the NFL having a season in 2020? Or not at all, because this is, football is completely different than Major League Baseball. We mm-hmm. we've all been overjoyed with having Major League Baseball over the last weekend or so, but but football is you cannot socially distance in football.
2: Right, right. I so the only sport that's doing it right right now is the NBA, where everyone's in this bubble and you can't leave that bubble, you know, unless you get into serious trouble. NFL, you can't do that. So. I hate to be a pessimist, but I really doubt that there will be a whole season. I can definitely see the NFL doing whatever they can to try, and we're going to have at least half the season, I think, will be a success in my eyes. I just see something crazy happening, and I would love to be the eternal optimist and just be like, definitely a season. Roger Goodell's going to figure it out you know like all of the health advisors are going to figure it out they're going to figure out a way but i'm just extremely uh i'm just i'm very worried and uh, i don't see the full season happening so out of 100 out of 100% how
0: where are
1: you, where you at right now i'm at
0: 20? around 40%
2: 40, okay all right yeah.
1: what about what about you dt i'm a bit more optimistic i think that it's going to be a mess you know and yeah. we yeah. might lose whole teams you know, right. if we see Miami Marlins outbreak spread through a locker room, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple team teams in baseball. The Marlins are pretty darn close right now to just having to kick, kick the season in. And I right. think that that's going to be kind of written into expectations. I, I mean... I don't think Major League Baseball as a whole is the powers that be up there that planned everything out. I don't think they're gonna to be totally shocked if we lose a couple teams that there's outbreaks and just try your best to contain it and everybody knows the risks coming in and that's why these guys are opting out and we'll see if it continues that way. But we haven't lost the uh, you know, we're losing offensive linemen, which is gonna be bad for the game. It's gonna be right. really sloppy. But we're losing defenders, too. So top-tier defenders are gone. I I don't know. It's going to be a mess, and it's going to be a real mess for fantasy football. We've seen that in baseball already, just trying to—injuries are already such a big part of fantasy football. It's going to be a wild year, but I think that they play. I think I'd put my percent— maybe 80 percent that there's a a full season yeah i'm definitely on 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 the the optimist spectrum there's just so much money in this and all the resources and they get this benefit of seeing baseball go first and um hopefully they learn from it i don't know i i'm not saying what's right or wrong but that's what i think is going to happen i think that that we'll probably lose a couple teams along the way but they play it out what do you think wes I'm I'm just going to say 50.
0: I'm still on the I'm still on the border. I can't tell mm. if enough people opt out. I think Alshon Jeffrey, your man, has opted out again this year, but it's, he's just calling it a foot injury, just like normal. So it's that's just right. what Alshon's. Gonna <laughs> <do>. <laughs> All right. Alshon. So we uh, we've talked a little little football, maybe some depressing news on the football front, but baseball was up and running quickly, guys, because we're going to run out of time here. Give me some bright spots that happened in baseball this weekend. Some players that you said, wow, this could be their year uh, in a shortened season, of course. But uh, DT, let me ask you first. Did, did anybody impress you this weekend from Major League Baseball?
1: I mean, Joey Votto's the the easy answer. The guy mm-hmm. looks like he is just a, the, the prime Joey Votto version right. of himself. And I mean, we know, we know this guy's going to be able to hit until he's 45. It's a matter <laughs> of of motivation and getting the right players around him I think and I you know this is perfect for him a 60 game season he doesn't have I I can't imagine playing a 162 game season that's just it's nuts I, I wish baseball had a shorter season so Joey Votto is going to be my guy the guy's such a good hitter and I'm happy to see it he's a he's one of my favorite players to be honest oh me I too I think it's I think that's
0: that Chicago blood in us my friend because he is my favorite heel in baseball I love when he giving the ball to a kid and just walks away with it. That, that's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, what about you, Jacob? Who, who did you see this weekend? that impressed? Yeah, I'm
2: super impressed with Nelson Cruz. You know, at 40 years old, he is just mashing right now. You know, in three games, he has three homers, 10 RBIs. Uh, he's sitting well above 500. And I believe broke a record for uh, most total bases in three games like the oldest player to do. It. And I think he has like 18 total bases. So uh, it's, just, it's just insane what that 40, 40 year old man's doing. And I think it's sustainable because it is a 60 game season and he is just a designated hitter. So I think, you know, there is no reason why Nelson Cruz can't be, you know, a top five, top 10 fantasy player for the rest of the year.
0: I agree with you. That was, he has, he has been very impactful. Yeah. So far, I am really depressed at how little the pitchers are performing, how how te- they just aren't performing great. There's a couple here and there. But I thought they were going to be more ready than the hitters, and it doesn't seem to be that way. It doesn't take a lot to train in the off season just to throw a ball up against a barn or through a window or something. But they come in here. They act like they're not stretched out. They haven't been doing anything. They've just been sitting on the sofa watching reruns of I Love Lucy or something. <laughs> it's, it's just been terrible to watch pitching so far this year. I'm sorry. I, I drafted heavy on pitchers, so <laughs> we can no, tell. My, my theory is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm paying the price in plenty of leagues. All right. right, back to football. I'm sorry. Thank you guys for letting me get
1: out. <laughs> no problem. You know I was gonna oh, say yeah. Wes on the baseball front, the pitcher, front, maybe it's a testament to in modern day baseball what uh, how important conditioning is mm. for the pitcher and. You know, a hitter. Some of these guys aren't in the best shape. This hand-eye coordination just crush the ball versus pitching. Uh, the modern day pitcher, you might just have to be peak fitness uh, to get it done. So, uh, just a thought.
0: Well, Great it point. seems like the soft toss pitchers, the soft, you know, the ones that throw it like the Kyle Hendricks the other day, mm-hmm. complete game, complete game. Where did that come from? But it seems like they don't have to throw the ball as hard. Maybe it's the location pitchers that we're going to see benefit this year more so than the the ones throwing the heat. Right. Mm. All right. So back to football here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm Wes Easley. I'm being joined by Jacob Dunn and Mr. Rasball himself, Donkey Teeth. All the Twitter handles can be found on the show notes. And while you're looking at the show notes, I would like to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Now, I got a question for you guys, Donkey, especially you, because you've been doing this a lot longer than both of us have, I believe. Uh, Why is it important for listeners to leave a review of a podcast that they're listening to?
1: Well, first of all, if you didn't like it, don't leave a review.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Don't read the comments. have yeah, nothing nice to say. Don't say it. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I mean, if you like the show, you know, leave a review to show your appreciation. First of all, and if nobody's nobody's leaving reviews and and showing that they like it, then why are we going to keep doing it, right? You know, it's, uh, we're putting a lot of time in here, and I need to know that it's at least helping somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think iTunes, I think Spotify notices those things
0: as well. So I think it helps out everybody all along the platform. So please, no matter what podcast you're listening to, if it's your first time here, if you listen to other ones, take the time out. Just review. Uh, just leave some stars as well, or however high fives, however your platform uh, ranks those things. So we always appreciate your support as podcasters. Round three of the Raz Ball Draft. Do I need to take one of the quarterbacks at this point? You know, the Mahomes the Lamar Jacksons, or is that something? Because I typically wait around to try and find the Mahomes, to try and find the Lamar Jacksons. Mm. And, and DT, you're helping me out with my draft because Jacob is in my league and he's just going to steal my ideas anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. So yep. what should I do here? Are they that
1: valuable in uh, this Rasbole League? You know, they're they're pretty valuable. It's, it's six-point passing touchdowns. I don't think we mentioned that, but they, right. they're definitely valuable. Last year I did take Mahomes in the third Uh, that didn't work out, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to give you a definitive. I mean, there is no definitive answer, right? It's how you want to build your team at best ball weeks, one through nine, you can go volume and, uh, you know, take two, three middle of the pack quarterbacks. And I'm sure you're going to be fine. You're going to put up those numbers. I just had the thought though, like, one of these quarterbacks gets COVID, Boy, that's gonna put a put a whole wrench in our best ball, isn't it? So twenty twenty dollar fab. We need twenty dollar fab now. Yeah, let's increase it, right? The yeah. COVID COVID stipend. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think you want to have at least three quarterbacks this year. Maybe you want to draft the backup to to your uh, stud quarterback just so you don't have to spend the fab on them because everybody's going to be racing for them at that point. Right. I don't. I don't think I'm going to splurge on quarterback. I Don't think I'm going to this year. I want to invest in the running back and tight end if one of them falls, maybe. But, you know, I saw it last year when I took Mahomes early. Nobody took another quarterback until, like, Mm. round eight or something like that. And I was sitting there like, man, I love Mahomes, but I'm kind of kicking myself. I ended up, like, doubling up on on Baker Mayfield, who was one of my top quarterbacks last year. That sure worked out well. I took him in, like, the ninth just because I was like, how far is he going to fall? So... They really seem to fall in this format. I'll, I'll tell you that. I think uh, you can't go wrong with Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. It's a fun build, uh, assuming they don't get the virus. Uh, but no. um, you can wait on quarterback for sure. Is that what your strategy is going to be, Jacob? Or are you usually an early round quarterback guy?
2: Uh, since this is a one one quarterback league, I'm fine with waiting. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not a fan of reaching unless there's just crazy value. And you'll hear me say that a lot. But yeah, I mean, you know, unless Mahomes is in the fifth or something, of course, because I'll already have two running backs, two wide receivers, or three running backs, one wide receiver. Um, but the, the way the scoring is set up, I saw it was like point zero five per yard, right? Or am I wrong on that? Yeah, point zero five uh, does sound right. So that puts more emphasis on those quarterbacks who can, who just like, okay, so let's say like a Matt Ryan, you know, like Mm -hmm. who get, who get a ton of yards, you know, he could be a value pick, uh, in the middle rounds and he's not going to be taken early, but he could be just as valuable as one of those top echelon quarterbacks. Like, you know, uh, I don't know. And like, and like, I'm not, I'm not looking to get an extremely mobile quarterback like, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, a Josh Allen. I'm not looking for those quarterbacks who do those rushing yards because I think passing yards, um, you know, I'm I'm cool with getting a Matt Ryan or someone who just throws a ton.
1: You're right. I didn't know there was going to be math on this show, but that's, <laughs> that is that, that is right. There's a premium on uh,
2: passing yards. Yeah, that uh, Matt Ryan now has jumped to the top of the draft for He's he he's just one primary example, but oh, there yeah, are right. other quarterbacks who throw a lot. Yeah, you yeah. don't want Matt Ryan, Wes. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I'm dissuading
0: you. Don't get Matt Ryan. <laughs> All right, so my theory, one of my main theories and my main goals early in the draft, and on my you know draft cheat sheet that I usually carry into a draft room with me, I always have I have more players that I want to avoid than I have players I actually want to draft on that sheet because I just I, whenever I go through them, I put a little red check mark by somebody I don't want, and the more red check marks are those are people I try to avoid because I don't want to sabotage my team. Of course I always end up drafting those players because they're on the frontal lobe of my mind. But give mm-hmm. me some players, Jacob, you first, of of who you're trying to avoid. Give me one player that you're trying to avoid.
2: You know, we've been talking about tight ends a lot and I think I'm going to avoid Mr Rob Gronkowski. I don't like I'm not trusting a guy who just came out of retirement. And who is already a part of a committee of, you know, OJ Howard and Cameron Brate as well. I feel like he'll be he'll be competing for touches with those guys, even though he is probably the best talent out of those three. What if Tom Brady knows how to use OJ Howard and Gronk's just an afterthought, you know, and Gronk's being taken as like a as like the, the eighth tight end right now in ADP, you know. And so I just think that's extremely high. I think I'll let someone else reach for him. I don't think I'll own any shares of him this year.
0: What about you, DT? Who are you trying to avoid in drafts?
1: You know, basically anybody with even like a hint of injury in preseason training. I mean, we're not going to have any preseason training camp or Mm -hmm. guys with a track record of injury. I mean, you mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. I love Alshon Jeffrey, but I mean, he's going to be hurt. Will Fuller, Chris Carson coming off the hip thing. I'm going to avoid him. Uh, James Conner seems to... You know, I, Big Ben uh, with the elbow thing is just mm. these kind of guys. I'm I'm avoiding injuries because we're gonna lose. We know we're gonna lose if there's a season. So many guys to the virus. Anyway, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a mess. So I don't want any right. more risk. Debo Samuel, there's another one. Yeah,
0: mm. uh, I'm avoiding all Los Angeles Rams. It's that's just who I'm avoiding. But m- oh. maybe not my little Cooper Cup. Maybe maybe not know. him because he's my little coffee Cooper Cup. I like to have coffee. <laughs> Uh, now, the other ways to win big are to, by hitting a couple of those sleepers at the end of the drafts, right? Uh, can you both hear at the end of the show? Give our listeners a couple of sleepers that you're looking to target in on. And, and Jacob, full disclosure... Since we are in the same division of the RAS Ball tournament, <laughs> I will be stealing yours, and I am putting you on mute when Donkey tells us his. I know that's backwards and that it's not going to help me at all, but I'm still going to mute you while you
1: while he talks about who nice. he thinks. Let's go with you, DT first. Uh, well, you can see this uh, Carryon Johnson Fathead I've got behind me here. Yeah, you're a Bears fan. You're I, you might think that I purchased this back in the on Johnson heyday as like a rookie or something like that, but I actually just got it. Uh, that's how in I am on On Johnson. Okay. He's my guy. I've kind of got like a reputation out there on Reddit. Everyone makes fun of me for loving on Johnson so much. So I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning in on it. He's my guy. I think there's a ton of value with him. Everybody's all in on DeAndre Swift. I like DeAndre Swift, but I, I mean, I think you got a veteran here that knows the offense in a season that they're this very weak training camp, mm. Um, mm. no preseason. I think Kerryon Johnson has a ton of value after pick 100. I've seen him fall past pick 120 in some leagues, so he's kind of my my main guy. Really deep, Darius Bawale. I think there's a chance that he he's at least like a Rex Burkhead for Tom Brady in in the Bucks offense. Chance he's even James White. Um, we'll see. Mm. He's got really good hands. He can block. So, I mean, that's going to be important for Tom Brady. And then, really deep tight end target. These are guys I went after in the Scott Fishbowl. And my podcast co host was all about uh, Kahale Warring with the Texans. He missed all of last year's rookie season. He was a third year tight end for the Texans. Yeah. 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 So, uh, those are my guys.
0: Okay. I can wow. see DeAndre Swift and Carry On Johnson. And that great Detroit offense this year, taking it down between the twenties and maybe even the tens. But when Bo Scarborough gets a chance to punch it in the goal, I, he's he's an Alabama guy. We loved Bo while he was here, and it was just a short period of time. But that guy is a monster down by the goal line. Hmm. So that'd be my only red flag about him. But I love Carryon Johnson too. They're both going. He's going to get a lot of yards this season.
1: Yeah, Wes. You know, I've said I've said that before too. It's kind of a value thing. Um, yeah. I mm-hmm. think that there's nice value after pick one. I just love the guy, but I could totally see Patricia loves Bo Scarborough for some reason. I mean, he's good, but he's he's not a carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift. Uh, but Patricia's learned from Bill Belichick. We remember what Legarrette Blunt did uh, twenty uh, yeah. seventeen or eighteen or something like that when he scored those eighteen touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I can see it happening again.
2: You're yeah. Right. What about you, uh, Mr. Dunn? Yes, sir. Yeah, so after picks 100, I think I'm, I'm really warming to the idea of picking up Jordan Howard. You know, he's only 25 years old, uh, you know, and essentially has the keys to early down work in Miami, you know. And we all know that Miami has been struggling to find that consistent running back. You know, they've just been going through, you know, like Kalen Balaj you know, it feels like, and they didn't know how to utilize Kenyon Drake. Uh, So hopefully they know how to utilize both Jordan Howard and Breida. I know that Breida's there, you know, and he'll definitely take touches, but I think they've been struggling at running back for so long that they'll both get a lot of work in this offense, especially to help out Fitzpatrick and also to help out Tua when or if he takes over as the starting quarterback. So I can definitely see Howard easily getting eight 800 to a thousand yards rushing eight, eight to 10 touchdowns. Um, and and I think he's being taken around, you know, like picks 100 to 110 right now. So I think that's some solid value for your flex later in your draft. And then for my deep sleeper, uh, I really like Damian Harris. There's a lot of injury concern with Sony Michelle, you know, with Mm -hmm. his foot surgery that he had back in May. And they're not sure if he can start, you know, like the off season training program. Um, on time and you know his the start of the season is in question even if he's ready to go it doesn't sound like he's going to be 100 percent. so I think that Damian Harris definitely has a real chance to take over that early down role while James White of course is the pass catching back for Cam Newton or for Jared Stidham not sure about that yet so I like Damian Harris as like one of those last picks Dart throw just to see what happens because I think that backfield is open, especially with Sony Michelle's injury.
0: Well, guys, you guys did a fantastic job. I will keep the Brandon Cooks pick that I want to myself and also the Duke Johnson pick to myself. Uh I will not tell you guys about those things at all. But (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening to this special Razz Bowl edition. You can keep up with the Razz Bowl by following the hashtag
1: Bowl on Twitter. And and where else can you find this, DT? Yeah, so over at Razball.com, that's that's Razball, B A L L instead of Bowl, B O W L. Uh dot com, um, there's a, all the Razball information. You can see all the leagues. We got 21 leagues. Um, like I said, nine in nine players in each of those leagues are industry hands. We got a lot of big names. You, you know, your Andy Berenses, Jake Seelys, um, basically the who's who of the fantasy football world. And, you know, us guys are lucky enough to get a shot at those big guys. And then we got some fans mixing in too. So you can look at all the leagues over there. You can look at the rules over there. I, I do suggest you guys uh, give that a, a good bedtime reading before tomorrow's draft. <laughs> uh, I'll probably have to do that too. <laughs> uh, I, we, we all have so many different
0: leagues. It's hard to keep up with a lot of those things. And I, don't even, we're, I have another podcast, the Fantasy Impact Today podcast, and sometimes I don't even know what division we're breaking down, and I just get so confused on some of that stuff. But <laughs> Jacob and I will be back after the draft to talk about our first experiences in the Razz Bowl. We want to thank Razz and you for joining us, and we just appreciate everybody listening. And as always here on Fantasy Impact Today, we want to make sure to encourage you to go out and make your own impact in the world today.